again to review another disappointing week for City. It's the FPL Surgery. Thanks for joining us once again, listeners. Coming to you for the 144th instalment of the FPL Surgery podcast. We are recording on the 24th of September 2019. It is League Cup night, whatever you want to call it nowadays. So we'll be commenting on that as we go through. First of all, I want to welcome back our editor, the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. No comments on the uh, Carabao Boar Cup. Thanks. <laughs> it is a Boar Cup. I think there's a couple of players playing there that might raise a few eyebrows tonight. Sterling's coming for 73 Juan Rahim Sterling. Yeah, well, let's uh, yeah. think about that. Yeah, lots of action there. But uh, more importantly, let's get into game week seven of the FPL season. Uh, our guest this week is a regular contributor to the uh, Surgery Podcast. Three top 10k finishes in FPL, the highest being 2.3k. The Twitter Match of the Day review man, Tom Campbell. Welcome back, TC. Hi, Bully. Hi, Jim. How's it going? Hey, mate. Good. Great to have you back on board once again, oh, TC. How has your season been going so far? Absolutely appallingly, thank oh, you. No. Yeah, really, really, really badly. It's been an abysmal start for me, but... As I was saying to Iceman before we started recording, you guys have caught me at the opportune moment as I have had my first green arrow of the season. I've actually had a, a stonking game week two. Which never Get happens to you, does it, no, when you come on here? It doesn't. No, well, what tends to happen is that following the podcast, I then have an absolute stinker. So when that inevitably happens, it will be off the back of what was a, a really strong week. But um, yeah, before that, really, it's it's been awful. So, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do on this podcast. So... The FPL headlines we're going to be covering. Number one, KDB is the quintessential FPL must-have. Number two, we need to talk about the top six. Number three, what do we know about Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, Iceman refrained from uh, impulsively answering that one. Uh, like this one, Roberto for me or no? Uh, just <laughs> process that one. And then uh, number five, Sterling versus Aguero. Who do you include at that premium price or do you get them both in? So, first of all, let's talk about our last game week. TC, you've kind of alluded to how things have been going on generally. Do you want to just talk about the last game week more specifically? Happily. Happily talk about this one rather than any of the the five that preceded it. But, um, yeah, I actually had a game week rank of 56K, which is much or was much needed. There was a healthy dose of luck um, in that, which I was... You know, I'll happily take at this stage. I'll take points anyway that they come my way, mm. uh, which was the vice captaincy being on Kevin De Bruyne. So when Raheem Sterling was given his rest and didn't get a few minute cameo, it was uh, 17 points doubled for uh, the incredible KDB, who will come on to talk about in one of the uh, headlines. Otamendi came in on my wild card a couple of weeks back. So that was a, a lovely haul nice. there. Yeah. Lundstrom was first sub. So it was a double benefit there, which I think a lot of people benefited from, TAA, Pope, Mo Salah, etc., which led me to 87 points, no transfers before, so two free transfers banked, and up to the heady, dizzying heights now of 1.7 million overall ranking. So, you know, watch out. Top 10k here I here I come. <laughs> the uh, the gauntlet has been laid down by Mr. <laughs> TC there, so uh, yep. let's watch him rise through the ranks. Lovely picks there. I mean, Lundstrom is just turning into an absolute diamond this season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They made a mistake with the classification. He's not no, not a defender, never has been. But uh, yeah, we're the ones to, to benefit from that. That's so it. We're always yeah. looking for that cheaper player, that Aaron Wan-Bissaka, yeah. and here we are with uh, with Lundstrom. So That's long right. may that continue. Iceman, do you, do you care to speak about your game week? 
Yeah, this week wasn't great. A bit of a game changer for me, really, this week. I am denied about what to do, and I looked at the form of Aubameyang at his consistency, and then I decided I wanted him against Villa, and for the yeah. fixtures going forward. Then I kind of looked at my midfield, and I was like, well, who shall I remove? KDB, Sterling, or Salah? Didn't really want to remove any of them, but I wanted Aubameyang over one of them. So due to the great fixtures and form of City, I decided to keep them. I looked at the fixtures for Salah and thought... That Orba could just, you know, make more points than Salah over this stretch. So I brought Aubameyang in for Greenwood and Campwell came in for Salah and I captained Aubameyang. So the Salah and Aubameyang both scored five points each week. But the bad thing is about the move is that if I just went with what I planned the VVD to Sionyu as planned, then I would have captained Sterling and I would have got lucky with that KDB as vice. But didn't so I would have ended up on 64 points which would have been a respectable score for this week instead I ended up on 52 bang on the average uh, just like the last three weeks now kind of slowly gone down because I've hit the average every single time so I feel like there is almost a lesson learned here although I feel like I've made the right move in you know Aubameyang could have had a few against Villa including a penalty which he annoyingly gave to Pepe if you do follow the crowd and do what a lot of others did I would have been better off, but I don't really regret my decision. I just regret Aubameyang giving Pepe the penalty. Yeah, but you were absolutely furious when uh, when he stepped up to take it. You would have thought with Aubameyang and the form he's in, he'd been the banker. I was quite miserable. Girlfriend was not liking me at that particular time because Arsenal were losing. TAA scored, don't have him. Dendonka, I knew, was coming off my bench. He scored an own goal. Arsenal were losing. It was that free kick which Aubameyang scored really just kind of changed things round from a really down and miserable yeah. day to I've a I've got to, to say, when one. that... When that free kick went in, not only was I delighted that we, we had basically won the game, a smash and grab, but also uh, just to cheer you up, because you were really quite miserable this weekend, weren't you, over yeah. it? It was notable in your in your mood. So, yeah, I'm very happy. To be fair, I think that, that Obama Young selection, with the form he's been in, how they looked in the week, Arsenal, was a decent, you know, it was a really good captaincy on your part. So... Uh, I think you're in a good position with him. Hopefully, Rotten yeah. luck with Dendonka, Jim, as well, with that uh, own goal. That was such a marginal call. But he also had great chance early doors as well, which you would have backed him to, to score as well. I really like Dendonka. Didn't he Dendonka. score and get ruled out by VAR or something? I haven't seen him. The, on the highlights I watched, it was a um, it was a save. That was a, oh, it was right. a kind of point blank save. But yeah, that's that's desperately Den, unlucky. Dendonka, Iceman, did actually also have a goal ruled out earlier yeah, in the I season, that. I think, for VAR oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. So he's... Uh, he, he's tantalising, but but not tasty mm. at this point. You can quote me on that. Um, so my game week, really happy. I got 69 points, so above the average. My, my current rank overall is not that great, 394k, although I'm not languishing in the millions anymore, which... Um, Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with been, that. Yeah. Well, that's been my stomping ground for a long time, so it's nice to be... It's nice to see some light at the end of a very long tunnel. I had KDB, Lundstrom, I had Pope in goal, who's been handy for a, for a clean sheet. And I captained Aguero again. And I think that went against a lot of people who banked on Sterling. So, yeah, happy with that turnaround for this game week. I'm pretty happy with my squad going into the next week as well. Only one transfer to report there. So, thanks for the roundup there, chaps. Let's talk about our support from the brilliant FPL community. The community hit this week by the uh, the hacked account saga. We'll come to that in a little bit. But um, in terms of our Patreons, so each week we always mention that we have a Patreon account for anybody who'd like to support the FPL surgery. Go to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. 
You can join at various different levels to support us, whether it's just donating a dollar or if you want to get involved in our Slack channel and have an opportunity to win some of our bespoke FPL surgery prizes. Uh, Mr. TC is the proud owner of one of our shirts. Oh yeah, I can. I've seen that on Instagram. You uh, you're working out in that. Yeah, that's right. It's nice. a great it's a great T-shirt. Encourage everyone to to get themselves one of that and and join the Slack as well. It's a lot of fun on there. TC's uh, FPL performance has improved ten uh, percent since wearing that T-shirt. So um, which is worrying considering I'm still in the millions. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's all it's all relative. It's it all is, relative yeah. at this stage. But yeah, so you can join at any level. Get involved. One new Patreon to this week. So thanks, Colm Donnelly, who's joined at the Slack level. Much appreciated. Ron Frost continues to be our star supporter, supporting us at the highest level of Patreon. So thank you very much, Ron Frost. Iceman asked the uh, the new patrons how they're finding it in the Slack channel. And Flapcat, Flapjack, a.k.a. Rich Davis, said the following. Truly enjoyed my first month on the Slack channel. Made to feel very welcome. A diverse and fun group of some true FPL community legends. The most refreshing thing for me has been people have strong and differing opinions on players and teams that gets you actually thinking about the game and helps you deviate from group things. So be your own person. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Come and get involved. So let's get back to the FPL headlines. The first question, Tom, I'm going to let you lead us off on this one. KDB is the quintessential FPL must-have. We've got a couple of questions to support that. Mark M. Bison, a regular poster. I have D. Silva, Ottomendi, and Sterling. Is madness not to have KDB? And uh, Gin Kazimar uh, has asked, KDB for seller, or do we keep calm? So I guess this is about, is KDB someone that we need to re-engineer our teams to get there's another question from helmo but i'm gonna let you answer those first two there Tom. yeah okay so um I, i've taken a look at the stats behind the genius that is kevin de bruyne i heard this discussed on the uh, the scout cast. so david monday and, and joe from were having a chat about him and david described his his price uh, kdb's price which is 9.9 million we're recording on tuesday night as daylight robbery and i think that's probably re- a reasonable assessment he's Two goals on the season so far, which is you know no great shakes. Seven assists, though, already. City's next five fixtures are Everton away this weekend. Then they've got Wolves at home, Crystal Palace away, followed by back-to-back home fixtures of Aston Villa and Southampton. So and we'll come back to that, why I think that runs particularly uh, tantalising in a minute. If we look at his performance so far over the season, it's already on 54 points in six games He's only had five starts and only three 90 minutes within that period. So that works out uh, or translates to 10.8 points per 90 minutes, which is like ludicrous. And it's uh, 5.5 points per million based on his, his current price. Those points have come about, I've noticed, in three double digit hauls. So, I mean, historically, one of the observations has been kind of difficult to captain KDB, but I think in home fixtures, that mightn't be quite so true because those three double-digit hauls have all come in home games. So he picked up 11 points home to Tottenham, 13 points home to Brighton, and the game that just went went on over the weekend, the 8-0 drubbing, was a 17-point haul. So with those fixtures I mentioned a few moments ago, in the next five, they've got Wolves, Villa and Southampton as their home complement of fixtures. So, you know, you're expecting big returns there as well. In terms of like the underlying numbers, I know that uh, Jim's a big fan of these. So, yeah, who doesn't, right? Top for attempted assists with 15. For XA over the last four of all midfielders, he's second. Does anyone want to hazard a guess as to who's top for XA over the last four of all midfielders? This is rogue. I would not have got this. Madison. Nope. 
Um, Campwell. It's Felipe Anderson. So I'm a West Ham what? fan. I would not have guessed what? that. I know, ridiculous. But he's still the point. There is that attempted assists and yeah. expected assists. He's still, you know, absolutely on top of the pile or close to the top of the pile. And he's joint fourth. I thought you'd be interested in the shot volumes as well of all midfielders for shots with twelve, seven of which were in the box. So he's, you know, he is still shooting as well as being the the provider. I noticed something, Jim. I don't know if you picked up on this in your analysis as well, but he's not a massive getter of big chances. No, so yeah, there's metric that. Yeah, <laughs> that fantasy football scout looks at. He's only had one. I guess when you can hit them like he does against Watford, then that doesn't matter too much. But one, just to give some context, that's behind the likes of Van Aldum and Aaron Hughes. But on the flip side, he is a big chance creator. He's leading the way with six, which is double the next best. All of this, you know, goes alongside the bonus point magnets. We know he's 30-odd BPS clear of second. He's had his rest. When he had his rest, they got beat. I just think everything that we've just I've just said there, the case for KDB is really compelling. And I would make room for him, is my feeling. I don't know if you, you chaps disagree or have a different view. Yeah, I, ju- I just think he's essential. Um, mm. I've had him in for quite a few. I, I got him in, I think, after game week one. I, I was thinking early doors it was going to be Sterling, and it was. But the thing is, KDB, for me, he's never actually been out of form. He was absolutely outstanding the season before last. Last year, he didn't get a fair run of games to get up any any form, but when he did play, he looked outstanding. And you could just see kind of pre-season. The thing for me is his delivery into the box. I mean, whether it's been for Belgium recently or for City, he reminds me of, of Beckham, the way he can just whip mm. the ball into the front post and he kind of bends back out towards the six-yard area. That is the most difficult cross for a defender to to, to get rid of. Um, and I think the likes of Aguero and the other midfielders are benefiting so much. He's also got a hell of a hit on him as well. And the point is with him, he'll play in the big games. Um, I don't have any stats to support that. I've got the eye test. And I think yeah, the eye test is important though, right? That cross yeah. for the opener I thought, yeah. um, on the weekend, brilliant. that cross absolutely you were referring brilliant. to, it was, abs- it was undefendable. Mm. It absolutely it undefendable. It doesn't yeah. matter how many people have you know done more or less crosses or whatever. Someone you know who's got their eye in like that, they are banging mm. form, and I would argue they are far more dangerous than someone that's attempted to do that six times unsuccessfully. Yeah. So for me, I, I agree with the idea of daylight robbery. I think you know if you haven't got him now, he's going to just keep rising. City still value, still value it under is. ten mil. You know, it is. It's, Absolutely. it's worth yeah. more. He, he's in the same ballpark as Pepe, isn't he? At the end of the day, so yeah. he could be a season keeper. We'll keep an eye on the Champions League, but I, I just think. When he doesn't start, you know, look at look at the game before against Norwich. He comes in against Watford at the weekend and absolutely tears them apart. So he is a must-have at that price. I would actually slightly dismantle my team to get him in. I'll go as far as saying that. Just a point of clarification: the stats I've been looking at have been taken from uh, Fancy Football Fix, which is a great site I would recommend using. And I was primarily looking at uh, midfielders over the last four game weeks, but I okay. think. Jim, you've been looking at uh, like a longer period as well and, and using scout data as well, which yeah, is yeah, you know, yeah. e- so, equally as, as useful. See, I, I, yeah, I use the scout and it does show he's got 16 attempts over the season mm. so far. And that's above the likes of Mane, who's priced higher than him. He's also got the 27 chances created, which is top for all players over the season. Mm. Nine big chances. You know, he creates, like Billy was saying, he creates those big chances because he's just got a wand of a right foot that's so <laughs> consistent. Playing further forward as well, I did notice that. Then he did last season where he was playing kind of in the middle dropping deep 
paper and that was like at the start of the season so I took a look just at the heat maps from this season compared to the likes of game weeks 13 to 19 of last season just to see on the six game range uh, uh-huh. where he was at and the last six matches from last season he was actually a lot further forward like he is this season but those game weeks 13 to 19 he was more middle and like dropping deeper so it looks like towards the end of last season Pep established his best position and that's carried into this season he's carried on playing further forward and that's where you know, we're seeing a lot of returns from him because he's playing in that position where he's going to get more points he's able to get forward he's able to shoot a lot more as well so he's a great asset and like Billy said I would just make any of the moves you can to get him in KDB for Salah I would do it I've removed Salah so I see that as a good option he is the one which is now like you say as well Tom he's become a captain option yeah he has he's, he's so consistent he's got the goals in he's got the assists in him one of the best FBO assets you can have and I, I was saying that before the start of the season I was thinking this guy could be one of the best I just didn't know whether or not he had it in him so it was I didn't quite back, yeah. him but yeah, you probably will be the value man. I think this, the pod that you guested on, Jim, the other day on the FML FPL podcast, which is another great one I really enjoy listening to, yeah. those guys are such big advocates for KDB. And they've sort of made the point that you know, when he plays around 3,000 minutes over a season, he's hitting over 200 points. Historical data just backs that up. So, you know, we knew this. We just wanted to make sure he was back to full fitness yeah, and yeah. he clearly is. So, um, I mean, yeah. he's set to reach like 300 plus points, beating <laughs> Salah's record even maybe. Yeah. I mean, like you've got to get the goals of it as well probably, but he's actually close to equaling his 2018-2019 points total already. <laughs> yeah, already, so, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. he, he's really hit the ground running. So that's a yes, isn't it, for this headline? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Helmo's also asked, linked to City, who are the three best City assets Currently, they've got Zinchenko, Sterling and KVB, but Aguero and Di Silva have three double-digit returns in four are turning their head, or do we just pick three and ride out the rotation? I'm just going to comment first on this for change. I would say that I'd be worried about Zinchenko now. I think with Mendy coming back, an Otter Mendy would be my more favoured option at the back for City. Perhaps if he's going to be playing Fernandinho back there, he's got someone who's solid next to him. So I think Sterling and KDB are reasonable enough to have as attacking options. But if you were looking longer term, I think Otamendi. Tom, what are your thoughts on that? Tend to agree. So I wildcarded a couple of weeks ago. It was an unmitigated disaster initially, but uh, seems to have bounced back a little bit. Otamendi still great value um, around that 5.5 million price. He had a terrible game against Norwich, but uh, clearly showed his attacking prowess in the last game. We've just spent a few moments there talking about KDB so I definitely would would suggest including him and I think one of the other headlines Jim is a direct comparison on Sterling versus Aguero so maybe we should we should tackle that but my feeling is Otamendi and KDB represent really great value picks for the Man City compliment and then one one of the other the guys that we'll cover in the fifth headline. Yeah, the problem is with David Silva is that you just never know how many minutes he's going to get. And I know we've got that with you know, Aguero and, and Sterling as well, but it's more so with the likes of the yeah. two Silvers. I know he's in his last season, so maybe he's really trying to give it a go in terms of going out with a bang, but I would just still be wary that he could be benched for not only one game, but maybe two. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably steer away from him. I agree with you. It'll be Otamendi, Sterling or Aguero and KDB for me. Yeah. 
Okay, chaps, let's uh, let's move on to our next headline. We need to talk about the top six, and I'm so pleased Arsenal are actually in it at the moment. TC, <laughs> let's hand over to you for this. What have you got for us? Yeah, so the reason I came up with this headline is that last season I made a big deal when I was on the Surgery podcast about how I thought it was important to just fill your FPL starting 11 with six players, three from Liverpool, three from City, because they were just clearly the best two teams. And, you know, 98 and 97 points respectively for those two, next best was 72 really made that point. I don't think that's massively changed at all. So I think the concept of the top six, it's almost like the top two are in their own hemisphere. And then the four teams beneath that last season, which were Chelsea, uh, Spurs, Arsenal and Man United in that order is how the table finished. Is it worth kind of looking to fill your remaining spot? Say if you've got four to six with Man City and Liverpool already covered, which I think most teams will do. And I would suggest that's a good plan. Is it kind of worth looking at those other teams? So I've done a bit of analysis on on each of them just to suggest, actually, are those teams where we should be looking to spend our remaining budget? I thought it'd be kind of interesting to, to take a look at that. So I'm going to run through them in order based on how they finished the campaign last season. And if you guys have any points on them, then you know, by all means, come in. So Chelsea finished third last season. They're kind of curious team in that they, they lost 4-0 at Old Trafford to Man United. But anyone who watched that game will know that they were excellent for large periods they were you know really quite unfortunate that that 4-0 scoreline didn't tell the story the game against Liverpool just gone similarly I thought they were they were terrific for large parts as well and their fixtures and I know that you're um, keen to bring this up as well Jim are awesome upcoming so they've got Brighton at home next up then Southampton away followed by Newcastle at home Burnley away and Watford away so it's just a, a lovely looking run I think they've got real value there as well. So Mason Mount, he's um, 6.5 million at the moment. Um, he's overcome that that injury. He's got 33 points already, three goals. As I mentioned before in the KDB comparison, he's had 12 shots of all midfielders so far. So he's looking like a real value option in the midfield. I did want to just ask you both uh, before we come on and talk about Tammy Abraham. Are you buying into the Tamori love-in? 4.5 million, 90 minutes Three on the spin, played well against Liverpool. Yeah, what, what do you guys I, reckon? I, I, think, I like the thing he is. Yeah, I can say I, I think um, the evidence is that Frank wants to develop his younger mm. players. Uh, Mant is the perfect example. Abraham, perhaps even more so with the likes of a World Cup winner in Giroud. I apologise if he's injured. Uh, and Batshuayi, international player, he's got available. He's going with Tammy. He had Tamori at Derby last season. I think Tamori's looked all right for Chelsea. I mean, wouldn't just go on the fact he scored a screamer a couple of games back. But four and a half million pounds in a Chelsea defence that I would fancy to get a clean sheet at some point over this run of fixtures. Brighton, if they're going to get it at home, is going to be the game. He was one I'd potentially look because I had two free transfers this week. So he's one I was definitely looking at. But I think he's a nice way into a top six back four, personally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's almost like a, a don't overthink it too much because he has got the back-to-back-to-back 90 minutes so far. Like He's been playing. And Chelsea have the fixtures. Lampard's been praising him. Chelsea fan Oli Lewinsky might be coming on one day. Just saying Tamori could be a good option as he's so cheap. But I feel mm. it would be just clean sheet points with him. But we've got to notice that they had no Kante and no Rüdiger at all this season. And that's like Liverpool not having Alisson and VVD. So mm. if Christensen's out for a few weeks, I think he would definitely start. And he looks comfortable in every game that he's played. So yeah, I, I think he's a great option. Lampard has said ahead of the cup game against Grimsey that 
that Christensen is not too severe. Hopefully won't be out for too long, but I can't give it a time frame. Also, he's got Emerson that won't be back for another a few weeks as well. So he's got a couple of players out there. So whether or not that is good for Chelsea, that Alonso is going to be starting. There's a question mark in there as well. Yeah, it's um, an interesting one. Yeah, but definitely. Chelsea not had terrible uh, stats in terms of shots conceded, etc. And like you say, I do think they deserved a point against Liverpool. With Kante, played well. I think it makes yeah. a difference as well. Does and they've got this great run. So if they're gonna, you know, clean sheets haven't been coming for them so far. But the run we just mentioned, if they're gonna come, they're probably coming that run. So maybe yeah. it's the time to to dive in. Especially as this the direction of travel seems to be to take money out of defence at the moment, and that might be a way to do that. So yeah, I tend to agree. Um, Tammy Abraham, so seven point four million. It should be noted that they play tomorrow. We're recording Tuesday night, so you know, take this with a pinch of salt. We'll see how tomorrow goes, but. Um, He's on 44 points already. I love Tammy Abraham. I'm from Bristol and watched him play down at Bristol City when he was on loan and he was a real standout down here. He's, I think, eighth for shots so far of all forwards, Jim. Does that sound sound right with, uh, uh, with the stats? I think it's 18, yeah, 18 shots I think he's had total so far. Which, you know, it's, it's impressive, right, for someone at that, that price. So my point here is that Chelsea represent value to me. We said this at the beginning of the season. They don't have players who are massively highly priced. So I think of the top six, they are still a team to look at. Spurs, we've actually got a headline on, so we can talk about them in detail when we come to that. But Arsenal, and I'm sure you guys will will want to talk to me about this, but let's just have a little look at some of the numbers because they are not good reading when we look at the <laughs> defensive, defensively. So they've conceded the second most shots of all teams 110 shots being conceded already <laughs> just the one behind Aston Villa they're fourth worst for shots in the box conceded and third worst for xg conceded behind only Watford and Bournemouth's two notoriously poor defenses so i guess the question is can a team be that bad defensively and still offer fpl returns my answer is yes. <laughs> so, Jim, you mentioned when you were talking about strategy of your game week that's just just been played about bringing in Aubameyang, 11 mil. You know, it makes total sense to me. He's returned in every game, six goals, one assist. Is it six or seven goals? One assist already. Playing every game. They've got a nice run in terms of the defenses that they're playing. So, Man United away, difficult game, but um, well, I guess you could argue diff- difficult. I didn't. I didn't think it was a particularly massive scalp for West Ham beating them on the weekend. Just get that one in there. Um, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Palace and Wolves up first. So they're not creating heaps of big chances, but Aubameyang seems kind of impervious to that and is returning irrespective. Would would you guys agree with that? That he's just the talisman and, and he could just get points irrespective of how crap Arsenal defends? Yeah, definitely. He's yeah. returned every game, hasn't he? So yeah, he has. Yeah, just exactly. shows as well. I mean, like, he is on penalties as well. Just a note on this one. Emery has confirmed that Aubameyang is responsible for penalties he says he says okay. also Lacazette is a very big decision from Aubameyang to let Pepe shoot to give him confidence and oh, the possibility nice. to score so uh, yeah Aubameyang is definitely still on penalties that's really worth knowing and interestingly Jim as well he's played every minute in the Prem so far this season he's had 90 minutes in in all six so and, and last know, season he did start the last 19 I think it was so there you go so this he's the main man I still think he's value. Whether or not it works with your own individual structure, that's team specific. But 
the point is that he can be looked upon as value within this Arsenal team. I, I think did, irrespective I did see, of that I did defense. See, I did see a stat on Talksport just saying that he has the best shot conversion out of oh, right. uh, any player. Apparently, his shot conversion is twenty six point two percent, and that's above Jamie Vardy, Javier mm. Hernandez, Mane, and even Aguero's. Yeah, one in four. That's that, or better than one in four. That's that's impressive. So we're sold on him. I think Man United to the last team of the top six as was. They've got, this is their upcoming five. So Arsenal at home, Newcastle away, big game against Liverpool at home, and then away games at Norwich and Bournemouth, respectively. So I thought they were completely ranted against West Ham on the weekend. I thought, I know they're missing Pogba, Shaw and Martial from their quote-unquote best team. But they've now got a groin injury, doubt over Marcus Rashford. Martial's still not back yet, as far as we know. Mason Greenwood's poorly and 17. You know, <laughs> it's it's not ideal, right? They're, they are still top for XG conceded, 4.07, and second for shots in the box conceded behind only Man City. So it feels like they're maybe some degree of confidence over their defence but I don't know what you guys think but for me their defenders don't just just don't offer enough attacking prowess outside of that potential clean sheet like if you look at Wan-Bissaka 5.5 million 18 points in six games like that's not great Maguire is actually one point worse than that with just 17 for me I've got them as an avoid but do you guys see it differently do you think there's any any value in Man United? I, I think um, this is not statistically, but I think the problem I've got at the moment is I don't think there's like confidence in Solskjaer. I think it's starting to turn toxic. If anybody saw the uh, the Phil Jones clip from the weekend, mm. yeah, yeah, when he sat behind Woodward, he sort of imitated Sacked in the morning. That that indicates a player like him who's a bit more experienced. You say sacked in the morning. There seems to be a lack of respect there. They haven't quite found the identity under him, which I, and I do think he's trying to emulate Fergie. And he's just not got the, the quality of player to do it. At the start of the season, I actually looked at their defence and thought that's more likely where I'll go for United. Your De Gea's, your Maguire's, your Shaw's, your Wan Bissaka. But yeah. until I see them start to pick up and show some signs of some unity at the back and within the club, I'm going to steer clear. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens to, to Pogba when he gets back, because mm. he might play against Arsenal, I read. And also yeah. in, in, the, in the transfer window, I don't think that's helping, because that's, like that's their talisman who doesn't sound like he wants to be there. So at the moment, Man United is... It's an avoid. I've, yeah, I've, just got, I've just got rid of Daniel James as well. Yeah, so after my two-week experiment. So. There, I mean, there's, there's, there's also a thing in the Daily Mail just saying there's problems mounting at Man United in terms of Marcus Rashford's fallen out with the, the coach, Kieran McKenna. So, yeah, there's problems all around that squad. I, mean, I would stay away from all of them. So, I mean, so we're agreed on that. So, I mean, if that was the top six as was, do we see it as this is the opportune time for, you know, like a Leicester or an Everton to to, to break into this top six? I know, Jim, you were talking pre-pod about like Lucas Dean. Do you think this is a a, a chance for that top six that we we know kind of changing? And if so, is there any value in FPL terms there? Yeah, so you mentioned that earlier and you said, let's bring up Lucas Dean at this point. But Mm. I was was like, well, Everton are the most inconsistent team I've ever seen. They're fourth game in a row where they've conceded two goals or more. The stats aren't great. And they had 16 attempts to Sheffield's two. Only one on target Sheffield got and they scored both of them. (laughs) <laughs> so I mean there's a tad there's an element of being unlucky there um, yeah. 
But a lot of people are moving out Luca Dean and I'm not sure that's the greatest idea because you can bench him for this week, I'd say. Yeah, he still made the 14 crosses in that game, took two shots. He's on corners. <laughs> He's had the most attempts on goal for defenders with 10. He has got that attacking output. A lot of people are saying that because of the strikers that they've got at Everton, that he's not going to get much from it. But he's the highest for defenders, level of Robertson for penalty area, touches on 16. Second to TAA for chances created on 13. And second to TAA for crosses on 51. And he's also top for corners for defenders. He's on free kicks. I think the points will come for him again. You know, last season, they didn't have a very good attack last season, Everton. And he still did quite well. Mm. So we all thought he was good then, and I still yeah. think he's good now. I mean, just quoting Stefan from Slack, he said someone, Everton being incapable to score means Luca Dean will get more bonus points. That's a great point, I thought. Well, if the strikers are not all scoring well, then Luca Dean's got the chance to score those bonus points as well whenever they get a clean sheet. And they've not it's got a, terrible a, fixtures yeah. as well. They haven't, and actually, just something I noticed as well that last. So they've got Burnley after this. They've got City this weekend, which is clearly an awful fixture. But after that, they've got Burnley. And a random stat on Lucas Dean is last season against the against Burnley. Excuse me. Admittedly, they weren't having Pope in goal at that at that point. He picked up twelve points at home and seventeen on on the road. So he's got this astonishing record against Burnley. And I'm worried if I sell him, they're his, uh, they're his team. So I don't know if you can read too much into that, but I just thought that was a yeah, good point that's worth, that's worth considering based on last season that Lucas Dean likes playing Burnley. So we'll see. I mean, in terms of the top six right now, that's not where Everton are focused. They're in, you know, they're awfully inconsistent, but Lucas Dean is a real thinker this week. I've got him in my team, two free transfers, it's tempting to sell him. It really is. I, I was looking that. at it. I was looking at moving him out and then I just looked at the numbers and just thought, well, mm. I know based on past experience he's, he's done well. I just yeah. kind of convinced myself not to. And I think in terms of the other team that we we're saying about potential top six inclusion, we got a little thing on Leicester later. But um, yeah, just, I just thought it was interesting to look at the top six last season and Chelsea were saying, yes, there's value there. Arsenal were saying, you know, Aubameyang is a, is, it remains a great option. Tottenham are going to come on to in a moment and then United's just a hard avoid so it's kind of like looking elsewhere for value which is which is kind of weird when you think about that's six of the clubs in England and we're saying there's not actually that many options yeah. there yeah I do think that Leicester are the probably the main team that are going to break into that top six you know Rodgers yeah. is doing really well they're looking better than all the teams that are meant to finish second to fifth really so he's got them yeah. going nicely and that was kind of predicted pre-season by a lot of people yeah. so it's good to see as well yeah, for sure. So I think that that leads us nicely into uh, our next headline about what do we know about Tottenham Hotspur, Tom? Well, they are a mixed bag, I would say. <laughs> so they've just crashed out of the Carabao Cup. Uh, they got out on penalties to Colchester, which is a shocking result. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of sort of some things up really but i have done done some analysis looking at the um looking at the numbers both from a an attacking offensive perspective and a defensive perspective as well so it's pretty mixed in terms of let's look at the attack first so obviously they've got son back um, he had his break at the beginning of the season completing that suspension 9.6 mil 26 points in the last three games including that 16 point haul at, uh, at home to crystal palace 
But if you look at Spurs as a collective, they've only won one of their last five league games and their away form in the Prem is appalling. They've not won in nine games, which is their worst run since 2006. Stats-wise, they don't look actually that encouraging. They're 15th for big chances with 10. Doesn't look too encouraging. But on the flip side, in terms of shots, they're fifth overall with 88. And in terms of just goals, which is, of course, the, the kind of brass tacks that we look at, they're actually third. So they are still scoring. And shots in the box, though, I thought this might suggest potentially a lack of creativity. Bully, I thought you might have a view on Ericsson being omitted. They're joint eighth at the moment for shots in the box yeah. with 48, which to give some context, it's only two more than Saints and Burnley. So I just wonder if that pivotal role that Ericsson's played for so many years now, him not being ha- seemingly not being happy and playing, whether or not they are they're suffering as a result of that from a from an attacking perspective. I personally think that's that's true because uh, Ericsson has been the man for Kane, hasn't he, for for mm. two or three seasons now. They've got Ali back tonight, haven't they? But it's going to take him a little bit of time to get going. Yeah, he's tonight, yeah. I, I would agree. I, I think it's another classic case of the Spanish teams have kind of upset the apple cart and Tottenham have been left with a sort of disgruntled player, maybe not fully committed to the side. And you, you can see Kane suffering. For I still think there's stuff going on at Tottenham behind the behind the scenes they just don't look the, the sort of the dominant force they were last season and lo yeah. and behold Llorente is having a great time scoring goals for Napoli at the moment so uh, it, yeah he's, he's it is odd isn't it I mean if you look at the fixtures next five it's easy to see what people are excited about looking at bringing in players they've got Southampton Bournemouth Watford tough game with Liverpool and then uh, stay in Merseyside for an away match at at Everton. But if you look at the defensive side, then again, it's not nothing really definitive. A mid-table for goals conceded, so eight so far, that's level with the likes of Brighton and Newcastle, which you wouldn't necessarily describe either of them as having, you know, watertight defences. They've had 98 shots conceded, which is the fifth worst, and that's behind like Brighton and Norwich, your beloved Arsenal and, and Villa. Shots in the box, though, actually gets worse. They're the third worst team only Villa and Norwich are doing worse than them. Not good, not good. It's not good, is it? Like, so. It's I, I, poor. I also I listened to the uh, Planet FPL podcast and James, oh, yeah. who's a season ticket on there, season yeah. ticket holder, he goes to a lot of the games as well. I think he went yeah, tonight. Great car, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just saying he isn't sure what Pochettino is doing and like with his bench and his lineup, etc. Mm. And he's a little bit concerned about it. That's never good when the fans are worried about the manager, especially a manager of, uh, what is it, over six years. I did also note they are playing well at home but yeah. not away at the moment. A little mini crisis away from home. Well, like and, I said, that away record, Jim, is worse since 2006. Yeah, exactly. But you look at the Palace game that they played, they went all guns blazing. They came mm. out like absolutely wanting to rip them apart and Son did well, obviously. So mm. I do think that this game against Southampton, they're going to... Yeah. Yeah, Southampton have just played tonight against Pompey, and I think they played quite an established team. So I think that this week, although Spurs not being a a great option, I think if you've got a Spurs player like the likes of Son or Kane, Mm. I would be uh, I would be captaining them. Oh, definitely, definitely option. I just thought it was interesting. Really, it just feels like they feel to me, bully about the headline. They feel like they are a bit of a punt based on the stats. Yeah. But Jim's point about the home record definitely bears out. And you, it's not just the Southampton game in game week seven, but you look beyond that. The Watford one, yeah. two games following that, you know, we've seen what just happened to them against the great Man City team. There's going to be chances there. And yeah, Son yeah. looks like a, a great shout. But they've only got the next three 
fixtures, haven't they? So it's like, and then they've got Liverpool, Everton, Sheffield. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think you'd give him those three, right? And if it was then, then you'd yeah. be looking at Liverpool, Everton, and be like, forget it, I'm moving on. Especially with the value that's uh, to be had elsewhere. So, yeah, it does feel like a bit of a punt. Um, and at the moment, they are not. Everything is not well. That's really interesting about James's observations from Planet FPL. He goes to as many games as is humanly possible. Yeah. And to say that, I think that um, that probably speaks as loudly as any stat that I can throw. Mm. So it feels like there's a bit of a uh, bit of unrest. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Great, uh, great discussion point there, TC as well. Love that, um, especially when it's about Spurs. <laughs> um, Okay, let's move on to our next headline. Now, there's this this one is Roberto Firmino, uh, and I'm and I'm asked the Iceman about this. But first of all, Iceman, I'm going to intersperse some questions here. So, FPL JB is Firmino now too consistent to be overlooked, and can he match Salah or Mane over the season, or do we need room for both? Alan Duffin is is for Firmino flying under the radar. Is he essential or uh, doubling up on Liverpool defence, uh, Salah and Mane, the optimum Liverpool trio? A couple of questions there, Iceman. I'm going to give you the floor to speak about the main man up top for Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, see, for me, you know, the problem is he gets subbed and rested the most for Liverpool striking front three. Like, he's been subbed three times this season and he didn't start again, did he? So, Salah can always play in that forward position too. I mean, everyone's saying that, you know, why is he so overlooked? Well, it's because he hasn't really been consistently returning in the past. And Mane and Salah have always been better options than Firmino. And I think they still are, even though I think Firmino's past Mane now and the points, but I'm not sure. But he's playing well at the moment. The shots are up. And I thought I would take a quick look on how he compared to the start of last season. And they had some decent fixtures last season too. Liverpool, they had West Ham, Palace, Brighton, Leicester, Spurs and Saints. And they've had some decent fixtures at the start of this season. So I thought, well... If they're still playing uh, quite easy teams, then surely the stats will be similar. It turns out they're not. This season, he's got the three goals, four assists. Last season, it was two goals and two assists by this point. This season, it's 21 attempts so far. Last season, it was 12 attempts. And he's only created the four chances so far this season. Got those four assists. I think he's got fancy assists in that. He created seven chances last season. And that goes with 42 penalty area touches this season and 32 last season. So he got 12 goals and eight assists throughout all of last season. I mean, is that good for 9.5? If he's producing the same stats throughout the season like he is this season so far, then maybe it will increase those goals and assists at the end of the year. But the other option at that price has got 18 goals and five assists last season. And that was Jamie Vardy. So if Firmino got those numbers last year, then I think we would definitely be considering a lot more if he got the 18, 18 goals. And I think we'll be looking at him. It's just because we know he hasn't really done it before. Leicester, you know, they've got some good fixtures coming up. Maybe Vardy's a better option than him. They've, they've got tougher fixtures at the moment, Liverpool. So you, if you've got Mane or Salah, you kind of just want to hold them. I don't think you want to double up. Maybe when the fixtures turn come game week 13, then maybe you could double, double up with Firmino. But at the moment, I'd probably rather go elsewhere. He is playing well and it's not to say that he's going to stop. But for me at the moment, I, I'd go elsewhere. Interesting. I th- just, just before you come in there, Pete, I think, it's a sore point for me. On my wild card, kind of everyone's got a top story yeah. about their wild card, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But it really was a 50-50 call for me as to whether or not to go for the treble Liverpool coverage. So we talked whimsically before about 
filling the team with Man City and Liverpool players to the best of your ability within the budget constraints because they are the two best teams in the country. That clearly makes a degree of sense. But for you to do that, for me, it looked like, okay, you have one defender, ideally TAA in my opinion, you take your pick as to Mane or Salah. And then for me, you could make it work with Firmino if you had Mane. But yeah. if you had Salah, it just didn't work. The team was just too compromised for me, that additional million. So I ultimately decided to go double Liverpool defence. I don't want to talk about my team at length here, but did double Liverpool defence and Salah rather than one Liverpool defender, Mane and Firmino. And since then, Firmino's done awesome. And I kind of did predict it because he's looked great on the eye test. I actually think he's looked fitter than last season, Jim. I think he's come back with a, a, a degree of motive, more more motivation and, and fitness to start the campaign. Maybe that's why those stats, you're seeing that improvement season on season. That's, that was really interesting analysis. I still think he's a great pick. I think you do too. It's just with a structure, yeah. I find that having him Comfort means him. you can't have Salah and TAA. And that and for KDB me is the reason. Well. Yeah, KDB is like, yeah, something's got to give. And for me, that's that's the decision you have to make as an FPL manager, whether or not you're comfortable giving up the likes of Mo Salah. And, and ultimately, you know, I wasn't. Yeah, I think the, another argument that Mark and Bison mentioned last week is that FPL J, JB mentioned, can he match Salah or Mane over the season? I don't think he can. Um, I do think that they're just better options. And over this period of tough fixtures, who knows? Maybe he can. Well, we'll see. I mean, if you look at his historical points, he's kind of gone 160, 181, 180, 155. So it's pretty consistent scoring, averaging around the 2,700 minute played mark over the campaign. It's, It's pretty consistent. So if he was to outperform the likes of Mo Salah and Mane, it would be a massive surprise based on the historical data. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I've been just seeing the Liverpool games recently, and uh, again, eye tests. I'm loving what Firmino's doing at the yeah. moment. He's linking up really nicely. But yeah, he. I've noticed a bit of a trend with him over the seasons. Like he goes on these nice little runs, and it, he gets us all hooked in, and then he'll be a bit quiet for a while. And you think, you know yeah. what? Like you said there, Tom. I love the the, the comparisons of Ardy. The, the other one I was going to mention was Wilson as well. What he's doing at Bournemouth again, quietly up there in the top five or six performing strikers. Over a million less. Is he going to be greatly outscored by Firmino? I don't think he is, based on the form at the moment and how they're playing. So, yep. yeah, he's a, he's, he's a tantalising one, Firmino, but still haven't quite seen the consistency of Amane or Salah to convince me at nine million to, to go there. And it's interesting, oh, interesting what you're saying about uh, Wilson there. I think I'll probably agree. A lot of people are looking at Wilson as well. And I, I took note from Bernardo Nose Maldonado, just said he's a Bournemouth fan. And he actually thinks Solanke looks better than him lately. Callum Wilson's scored or assisted six out of Bournemouth's first eight goals this season. So he's got a high goal involvement. But yeah, I, I did think that that was um, worth noting from a, from a Bournemouth fan there. Interesting. He did sod all um, Wilson yeah. against against Southampton, and then grabbed that absolutely ludicrous goal when Vestergaard and Gunn collided in the you know ninety fourth minute and, <laughs> and picked, picked up seven points. It was remarkable, really. But that's an interesting observation about Solanke. You have to keep an eye on that one. Bournemouth got some nice fixtures as well. Yeah. Again, just there's nothing I think that can beat that Premier League pedigree of of knowing where the net is, and also he's a provider, Callum Wilson, as well. So. Mm. Performance or not, I think he'll convert more over the course of the season. Solanke, yeah, but let's, let's see how that goes down. Um, now we, we've kind of 
we've talked quite a bit about City already, but I'm just going to get to the, the fifth headline, which is Sterling versus Aguero. So Scouse Mouse, great name that. They've asked, I've got the choice of basically Aguero and a £9.5 million midfielder or Sterling and a £9.5 million striker. Which would you go for? And who is a solid £9.5 million to go alongside your pick? Now, I think this is really interesting because we've just been talking about that exact issue there. The Sterling and £9.5 million striker, I guess we're thinking, Firmino or, or the likes. And Aguero or £9.5 million. Well, if you haven't got KDB or if you have, let's assume someone else. But what do you think about that one, Tom? Let's address the topic of Sterling versus Aguero, first of all. You know, if you were... If you weren't having both in your team and you had to lean towards one over the other, which way would you be going at this stage? Do you know what, Bully? I'm going to divert this question to Jim, as I know he's done a comparison on on these two players. I do have a view, but I'd like him to lead off, and then I'll see whether or not it backs up what, uh, what, <laughs> I've, what I've got. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Perspective, yeah. I mean, it's a, it a really tough one. I mean, it depends. It tough, yeah. if, if you're not on wild card and you've just got the player, I just think you just need to stick. You don't, you don't move from him, and you just hope that you know over the next few. If Sterling seems to continue to not play well and you know not score points, and maybe you can look at moving him. But with his consistency of the last few years, you do think that Sterling is going to get better. I mean, he has beaten Aguero over the last two seasons in terms of total points, so that. I think alone is a big stat. Aguero, one of the all-time goal-scoring machines that we know of over the years, a captainable option over the years, and Sterling's beaten him over the last two years. I think that is big, and you need to pay attention to that. I mean, although Aguero could have had at least four in the last game. <laughs> he, he could, couldn't he? It was horrible he, watching it as a non-owner. Yeah, I mean, he, he's top for attempts overall with 25, which is more than Sterling on 18. Granted that you know, Sterling's missed a game. Aguero is also top for big chances with 12. He's on 10 for chances created, which is uh, more than Sterling as well. But Sterling just... Yeah, as I mentioned, more FPL points over the last two seasons. Is he out of form? He scored tonight, assisted tonight. Yeah, Brighton game was bad, but he did it at the post in the Norwich game and set up two big chances. Yeah, then he got benched, so he's kind of had his rest. You really would think that now he's going to perform. But yeah, out of the two at the moment, I think I would go for Aguero and the uh, 9.5 midfielder in terms of answering Scouse because the, there are a few good options in that 9.5 rank in terms of Son, KDB and you know even Pepe. That would be my choice for that. If you're just choosing between the two, I think it is a tougher choice. And I think I'll go Sterling just based on those last two seasons, knowing that he's just done better than Aguero. Do you know what, Jim? That's a great analysis. I just, I'm a little bit frustrated he played tonight in the in the cup yeah, annoying, because you, you saw KDB's reaction to the rest, you know, and how he you know reacted to that in the league. I was fully expecting that from Sterling against Everton, and I kind of still am. He played 73 minutes tonight, but uh, you know he got his goal and assist tonight. He, he was uh, excellent from the brief highlights I've seen as well. So hopefully he's not, you know, already had that initial boost after the rest and, and it's only Tuesday oh. so he's got got time but um, I still expect him to, to start on for what it's worth on the game against uh, Everton it's so close I don't think there's a definitive winner here I think your point about if you take that season long lens overall points Sterling's beaten him right 
Yeah. Or in the past, if you do the comparison on fantasy football uh, scout, as expected, it's really close. But Sterling does does pip it so far over the season in terms of key stats and the, and the percentages overall. So it's not a definitive answer. My feeling is that I will stick with Sterling over the campaign. I think that he will continue to deliver both goals and assists in the same way that he's done over the, the last couple. But it's a, it's a marginal one. Yeah, I think the amount of people ditching him is just, for me, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just just frightening it's uh very impulsive at this stage um but yeah, we'll, especially uh, with those fixtures coming up bully yeah. as well that we mentioned right bully, bully seems upset about this emotional i realized i've mentioned it in private chats to friends on here tonight in our group chat um yeah. I'm, I'm i'm taking this quite personally i think <laughs> yeah, still i'm losing yeah, value man. on him actually do you know what that is yeah. this season me and the ice man have been talking and uh he noted i've been tending to lean towards the players that are going to be shooting up in value, which is something I used to, when we first started on the podcast, mm, I remember, my feature yeah. was actually about who's going up and down this week. And I've got married to that a bit more. So I think the the loss of, of finance and investment in Sterling has upset me deep down. You so I'm going to go people. and address those issues. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it won't matter. If you're going to keep him, then that value's irrelevant anyway, yeah. right? And yeah. we're, we're all going to keep him. So, you know, it's, it's fine. Unless I think he banks that, for the next four. <laughs> Well, Ice Man, I think you make a good point there. It's, it's people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the guest opinion, Iceman Argues. So, like last week, we're going to let our guest TC lead off with a point. You guys have got 90 seconds to go backwards and forwards, and it's going to be it's going to be done evenly. Each uh, participant has a chance to reply to the other. Again, tell us what you think on Twitter. Uh, I've got my timer ready, and I'm going to be militant and stop it at 90 seconds this week. TC, are you ready? I am ready to go. Nice man, are you ready? I am ready. TC, I'll let you read the question, sure. and then we'll get started. So, let's go. Yeah. Okay, just before I read it out, so this there's a bit of a backstory here. It's a bit of a funny one. So one of the early podcasts, I forget who the guest was actually, Jim, but um, sort of talking about the, uh, it was pre-pod, uh, Peter, pre-season Peter pod. Peter Blake. Peter Blake, that's right, of course. Yeah, Peter's a big fan of this, this guy, that makes sense. So, And it was looking at the uh, Leicester midfielders, and none of us could decide whether or not Madison, Perez, or Tielemans were the best shouts. And Peter was a big advocate for Madison, and Jim was less enamoured by that prospect, shall we say. I then took to WhatsApp afterwards, and we got into a bit of a debate about it. So I thought we'd try and continue that, which leads me on to my discussion point, which is that James Madison will be Leicester's top point scorer this FPL season. So the first point I'm going to make, Bully, if your timer's underway, Ready is that... Let's, let's go then. So James Madison has 27 points so far and has just come off the first double-digit haul of the season in the last game. So Bob Vardy currently has more points than him, 32 to 27? He does, but James Madison has just had his England call-up and on match of the day they were saying he is becoming the talisman of the team, replacing Vardy. Vardy is the main man for Leicester. He has been for the last three seasons, even when Mahrez was there. This is true, but in terms of the attempted assists, we actually have Madison top. He's got 10 compared to the next best, which is Pereira with just five. But Vardy's not really one for stats. He doesn't need them. <laughs> that was the point, was it? Vardy's not one for stats. Okay. Um, so in terms of fancy football fixes algorithm, they have top for expected FPL points, which is what we're looking at. They have James Madison as leading the way. That's probably because Madison's had more attempts than Vardy. Over last season, he actually had more attempts, 83 to 79. And Vardy scored 18 goals to Madison's seven. 
That's true. But in terms of those shots, though, you've actually got Madison top with 20, and it's not Bart Vardy who's next. It's actually Tielemans with 13. Yeah, but Madison may have had more shots than Vardy, but they've both had four big chances each. So if the volume increases for Vardy, then the points will increase. That's true. Although who would be getting the assists? And speaking of which, Madison is on corners. He's already had 39 this season. 90 seconds is up, chaps. <laughs> nice. I think I won. <laughs> It's, it, it's close. There are some other ones, some other points. I just thought it was really interesting, Leicester. I can't wait to get some of their assets, actually, Jim, into yeah, my FPL team. They've got a great run, and I'm excited about owning them. I think they're looking they're looking really good under oh, Rodgers. Mad- Madison's impressive again. I mean, like, that's the thing mm. with him. He always plays well. He always does yeah. play well. I mean, a great goal from outside the box. Saying yeah. they, they do need to be a top side this season, I do think now. Mm. And after the match, Madison was actually saying that on Match of the Day. So, also, he has I think he's most shots in the Prem without scoring before that game, actually. <laughs> so he's won no, that. Just like... <laughs> we'll nice uh, cracking debate there, chaps. I'd be interested. I, I'm going to put this to Twitter to uh, to settle. So t- tweet us what you think. Who won the debate? Hashtag TC. Hashtag <laughs> the Iceman. Let's see who convinced you. And uh, did you transfer a player in because of that? Let's find out. So we need to crack on. We've, we've uh, got a lot of pods so far, I think, Iceman. So we need to crack on. We've got a lot more questions we'd like to get to. So first of all, Oli Lewinsky, regular poster, has said, is a West Ham triple up at the back <laughs> essential after three clean sheets in a row? Well, let's go to our, our resident guest and uh, and fan. TC, would you trust the triple up at the back for West Ham? I'm presuming Oli means that features Fabianski. Absolutely not would I tr- trust it, <laughs> but um, that years of uh, embitterment. But having said that, three clean sheets on the spin, it, it can't be ignored, right? And actually, there is some value there. I think Diop is value. Um, he's one of the budget uh, options around that 4.5 million mark. Fabianski's having another great season. He just gets it done, doesn't he, in terms of the save points and the, the clean sheets more recently. I'm not sold on Cresswell. He started the season at 5 mil. He's already had a price drop. And Pellegrini seems to rotate him and Masuaku relatively frequently. So I would tread carefully there if you saw his free kick and and got excited about that. That would be a degree of uh, caution, I would say there. But West Ham is a defensive prospect. And I don't think I've... How many times have I been on this podcast? I've never advocated for the West Ham defence. I'm absolutely (laughs) absolutely certain of that. Yeah, don't do do it. No, and I'm, I'm not going to. I think they'll concede uh, away to Bournemouth in their next game. But they do have a nice run after that. They've got Crystal Palace at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, and Newcastle at home. So at that price, for someone like the likes of Giop, sure, you, you could you could make a case. I couldn't, couldn't uh, in good conscience, say to treble up, though. Let's, Absolutely not. Let's have a look at the clean sheets they were against. So Norwich, loads of injuries for the, uh, their players, and they were away, and Norwich aren't good away. Uh, then they played Villa, who just aren't very good. They lost to an Arsenal team of 10 men, and then... Scored, scored twice against you, though, Jim. Uh, yeah, just because we were rubbish. And then Man United, <laughs> who are just terrible. So They were terrible, yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go too far on this, Ollie. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'll come down. Also, second worst to Watford for big chances conceded so far yeah. this season on 19. Wouldn't get hopes up that, that those sorts of stats though i think anyone who's played man city it's it's really damning isn't it because yeah. we got we got battered by man city on the opening day and suddenly five nils actually looking like an all right result compared how, to how watford. do you think we feel we got battered by watford <laughs> i know i know I, but this podcast the hosts and guests are not 
fans of good defensive teams. <laughs> that seems <laughs> no. to be a prerequisite for yeah. discussion. But there you go. I think I think approach with caution. Yeah. I think is the feeling there. Yeah. Right. Before we move to the next question, we have gone on quite long, so I think we're hitting an hour already. I might have to cut some bits out, but going to try and get through these questions with a little bit of a the always cheating podcast. They do a lightning round, so let's try and burst through these questions, Tom and Bully, and. Uh, We'll see how quickly we can get for him. They do it 30 seconds per question. Let's see if we can beat that. <laughs> right. Okay. That's the new model. So Mr. Alan Duffin has asked, are Mounts and Abraham essential for the next six weeks? Uh, not essential, but I want them both in my team for sure. And so there's moves that I'm looking at including, especially Mount at 6.5 million. I think he's uh, real value and impressed against a, a mighty Liverpool defence. Agree. Um, I'm, I'm actually going Mount as my transfer. I'm going back to him, tail between my legs, after ditching him a few weeks ago. Oh, Abraham Abraham greatly interests me, but I'm going to keep the faith with Pookie because the Iceman told me his performance is still worth sticking by. Yeah, Mount, 70 attempts so far, 8 in the box, 12 chances created on corners for that price. There's no one better around that number, and Tammy is great. He should have scored against Liverpool. Bad thing is his minutes, but he does look very good in that Chelsea attack, and I am looking to bring him in uh, this week. 30 seconds exactly. That's 30 seconds cool. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Hatter, Mendy's mended for now. Is he a viable option? Does this spell the end for Zinjenko? I've already given my opinion on that. Iceman, let's go to you first. Mendy's not an option yet. You need to wait. Okay. Yeah, I tend, tend to agree. Um, I don't think it's the end for Zinchenko, but I think with Otamendi being around that same price point, it's an easy move. So I'd look there instead of relying on Mendy with uh, all of his injury troubles yet to be fully kind of evidence that they're, they're completely past him. Yeah, and I'll wait for this game week for Zinchenko. He may play this game yeah, I think to Otamendi will be a nice sideways move if you decide to uh, to jump now. Yep. Um, Alan Duff, aka A Duff, has uh, asked us again: Is there any point in having VVD when you can have Matip for a million quid less? Well, let me tell you from uh, experience, Alan, uh, I've really not got a lot out of Matip. But then I think the only Liverpool defender that's significantly scoring is back to the fullbacks and mainly Trent again. So I- I'd be more looking at Trent if you haven't got him. TC. Um, I've got Matip, got him in on wild card. I'm not happy about it, and I'll be looking to move him on quickly. I wish I had VVD, so I think he's a better option. Yeah, same. I don't think Matip, they, they've only got the one clean sheet so far. They've got to have fixtures, so yeah, I would stick with VVD. Okay, uh, bitter and stout, bring in Aurea this week or Pereira? Do you know, on this one, I think Spurs fullbacks, I'm just not happy with including in my FPL teams under Pochettino's management um, so I prefer Pereira but having said that he's really expensive compared to the likes of Soichu and Chilwell who are both cheaper I think either of them represent a more logical move because of the price so I think I prefer a Leicester option over Aurea yeah. What do you reckon, Jim? Out of the two, I'll go Pereira if I'm just making that choice, but I'll go Sion Yu uh, yeah. over that just because he's cheaper and mm-hmm. bonus points. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've got Sion Yu at the moment. I'm going to stick with him. Gin, uh, sorry, Jin Kazuma has asked, I haven't already played my wild card. When's the next most strategic time to play it? I'm slowly falling behind in my mini leagues. I don't know if I should play my wild card now or if there'll be a better time to play it. TC, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, the only one I would say, obviously you could go pretty deep on this question about wildcard strategy, but my advice would be don't get tempted to use it mid-gap within game weeks. I think you need to be aware of it before deploying it so that you can actually maximise the opportunity for the value. So people who wildcarded on the Friday of the last game week immediately after that one kicked off, 
had ample opportunity to pick up those price rises. So I think that makes more sense to me than, you know, deploying it on a, say, a Thursday in between games, because you just don't kind of maximize the value that that wildcard's giving you. I like doing it over an international break, not so much for the value add, but because you've actually got the chance to react to those injuries. So those would be my general points around wildcard deployment. It's so team specific though. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at game week 13 at the moment is when Liverpool's fixtures get a bit brighter. That's uh, probably when mm-hmm. I'll bring back in Salah uh, or even a double Liverpool attack. So that's when I'm looking at it. But it's all team specific and yeah. it does depend on how your team's going at the time. Uh, you could need to use it straight away. So it could be now or uh, for me at the moment, I'm planning for a get about game week 13. It could be over the international break though. So just dependent. Okay. So FPL Connect has asked, what's your views on VAR this year? Should benefit of the doubt be given to the attacker or before with tight offside calls like the Sun one or progress with the technology as they are doing? TC, what, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I'm, my opinion is that the current interpretation of VAR is being deployed to the detriment of the fans' enjoyment and that football is about fans' enjoyment, so it needs tweaking. I think I like how kind of video reviews are deployed in something like cricket, where there is um, a leeway given to the umpire's call. So, for example, Son's offside, which was offside, you know, by the letter of the law, would not have been upheld in the kind of cricket comparison because you've kind of got that leeway leeway as to it's kind of in the clear and obvious type semantics. I think they need to look at something like that, where a football fan looks at that and goes, that's not offside. And right now, I just think it's it's kind of running the risk of alienating the people who are actually in the stadium, and it worries me. Yeah, it almost needs like an appeal option or something. I mean, like this VAR feels like it's there to deny goals at the moment, and mm. the frames of the camera is not quite working. There's a lot of things not working with it. I'm all for VAR. I've argued for it a lot, but at the moment, it's not quite working. There's yeah. a lot they need to change. I think. Agree. Yeah, what do you think, Pete? Uh, I, I, I'm a bit old school. I prefer the game the way it was before. Mm. Granted, it, it's, if it works for your team, then you absolutely love it. But I, I just, someone made a comment before on talk sports about, you know, you, you can't fully celebrate a goal knowing it could be reviewed any second. I just kind of, I always liked the de- debate about, you know, did the referee miss it? Did the linesman miss it? Did you get lucky? Uh, I felt it made the game flow. So although this might seem fairer, I kind of preferred it the way it was. I guess it all comes down to whether or not you're viewing the the sport as an entertainment sort of provider or whether or not it's a business and maybe it's moved more to the latter. Who knows? It's it's, it's a fabulous piece of uh, technology for business. But uh, yeah. yeah, I like my football as it was back in back in my day, which yeah. which wasn't that long ago. So <laughs> anyway, more more VAR to come. David Genford has asked a few questions here. Right. So this refers to the fiasco of the deleted accounts in the last few weeks. Iceman, do you want to say anything about what happened with that and your thoughts? Yeah, so it looks like there was a few accounts that were hacked. Fortunately, Andy uh, FPL, there was Neil from FF Scout and uh, FPL Chef all got their accounts hacked. I've been told that the accounts are due to be reinstated by official FPL. So this, they also said that there's no breach of their servers. It was just those three managers. But my kind of advice to people is just... Yeah, change your password every so often. Do it for all the other accounts, not only your FPL, but like your Twitter as well. Add the two-factor authentication, which is involves your mobile, and just try to be wary of that. There are hackers out there, and you know, don't make your password easy, etc. I think just it kind of alerts people just to you know, look after your accounts. 
I mean, irrespective of what happened, though, it's great that those guys have got their accounts back. You know, I think the the point about managing your passwords is a really astute, um, sensible one, Jim. But I just want to go on record as saying I'm chuffed that Andy, you know, Dale yeah. and Neil have got their accounts back because they're three guys who provide great content. Clearly, it would be upsetting if anybody had their account hacked. But especially for those guys who put so much into the community, I'm, I'm chuffed they've got it resolved. Yeah, same. Okay, so a couple of uh, comments from them. Uh, I'm just going to fly through these and then you can answer the last question, chaps. Uh, should FPL consider a new scoring category? One point for pass before assist. I think that's a great shout. So if anybody can get that commissioned and working, be very grateful. Certainly make some of the cheaper players more uh, more interesting. On a scale from one to yesterday, how quickly should I trade my United defenders? We've answered that yesterday. Uh, and when trading in Abraham, do I remove Barnes or Haller? So TC, quick one, quick thought on that. If you ha- so, I'm in this position. I have Barnes and Haller as my front two, and clearly Tammy's in in thoughts. But I'm reluctant to sell either Barnes for me massively passed the eye test on my match of the day review over the weekend and he's playing a villa side which as i mentioned are conceding all manner of shots as well so i'm really reluctant i think barnes is becoming a bit of a differential for the upcoming game week haller i know he's had no shots in the last two well aware of that as a hammer for me it's down to the lack of service lanzini being out is making us play too ponderously and i'm concerned that he's just not getting the ball enough so i think if you were going to do one or the other at the moment i'd actually say Haller would be the one but i'm actually considering possibly holding yeah so i would remove a Haller in that circumstance i mean barnes oh, as you mentioned he did look good and he's mm. third for strikers for attempts on goal this season on 21 that's equal with Firmino and puki yeah he got the five attempts in the last game most in that game mm-hmm. he should have had an assist if henrik could actually header yeah he denied a blatant penalty jim as well wasn't he yeah, absolutely was good, outrageous good goal. dive yeah. he, he did that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm wondering whether i need to be patient with him he's got two decent fixtures coming up but I do want Tammy Abraham. Can't have everyone. Can't have them all, chaps. Uh, How about this combo then? So Vardy Boys has asked Aguero and Mane or Salah and Orba? I would have to go City assets. I'll go Aguero and Mane. TC? No, I'll go Salah and Orba. Screw you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, say, I'm gonna split it. I'm gonna say Aguero and Mane just because I think Sergio is on fire right now. I think now. that's the first I'm, time you've ever backed me, Billy. Really. I'm the one that goes with the Arsenal ones, you boys. Yeah, what's, wrong? what's wrong? I've got all. I've, back, I've backed you before, Iceman. Yeah, just, yeah. just not an FPL. Just not. Yeah, FPL. episode. 19 i think and we're on episode 144 now so <laughs> it was due in fpl yeah. surgery parlance yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. that's going in the title yeah um fpl prince if you were bringing a cheap defender right now who would it be well i can say for sure that's tamori tc yeah or the the leicester shouts that we made before yeah. but uh, yeah nice. either of those two would be would be good i'm still not going to go for a diop <laughs> i still can't bring myself to advocate oh, for west ham no not quite um, I do think you're missing the obvious one there of Longstrom, probably one of the best assets at that two mm. price if you haven't got him. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it'll be Sionyu. I think that he's a yeah. good asset with Leicester's fixtures coming up. Yep. Tamori is, I think they would be worth it, and no one else. Yep, agree. Okay, just to, just for Tom, this question from Sophie: If you were on your wild card now, which player would you prioritise to get into each section of your team? So let's have your keeper, Tom. I think Pope stand out personally yeah. at the price he's at, still with nice fixtures. Yeah, defensively. 
Um, TAA for me is must have. He's just playing too well to ignore. Yeah, midfield. Midfield is KDB. We spent a long time at the beginning of the pod uh, waxing lyrical about him, so he's the standout there. And your striker. So I think people will say Pookie at the value, but um, I actually think just bef- on the fact that he's returning every week, I still love Aubameyang. I still think he's, yeah. Get him he's in. someone who he, c- he could break the game, couldn't he? He could be that that makes us go back to having one premium strike or uh, putting the money up top, Jim. I could after, see that. After the pain and anguish I went in on uh, Sunday, I really hope that you're right. And I really hope yeah. that people bring him in and uh, up my team value. Yeah, it could happen. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's the uh, there's Joe Linton or uh, Wesley for Villa as two <laughs> yeah. uh, good options up top. Absolutely. Yeah, good point, Brazilian good point, Billy. It, it, it is, yeah. Uh, combined make the ex-Brazilian striker Wellington. Uh, one. <laughs> James J. Dillon is asking, thoughts on Vardy as a differential going forward with Leicester fixtures? We're just going to answer that one. So he, he will always be an option, Vardy, but I just prefer, as we mentioned earlier, the other assets around him, and that stops me from owning him. But if you can fit him into your team, then I think he's worth it. He isn't a stats man, but... Yeah, well, we know Madison. that Tielemans... Sorry, Madison's going to outscore him over the season, so <laughs> there is that. Madigan so be a great option for cheaper. <laughs> right, right, OK, we've got to the end of the questions. The Iceman is dying, Absolutely dying bad. for his break. So off you go, sir. We will be back shortly. OK, we'll be back. And we return from the Iceman's piss break to talk about Mikel Tokfam's algorithm. So last week, the algorithm suggested for the Iceman's team, maybe VVD or Zinchenko to a lower price defender. The Iceman went to Sala and Greenwood to Campwell at Bamiang, which Mikel said was a bit of a sideways move and almost a waste of two transfers. So the Iceman didn't listen. Hmm. This week, the algorithm suggests Sterling to Salah, Sterling to Son, or Barnes to Wilson and Abraham. Do you think you'll take any of those, Iceman? I'm, I'm tempted on the Barnes to Abraham, yeah. I think you should be doing that, really. Yeah, might do. I really think you should. So, uh, if you're interested in Mikhail Tokfam's algorithm, go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm and take advantage. Take take the thinking out of your selections and let the computer do it for you. It's, uh, it's bloody accurate. We are also partnered with uh, Fantasy Football Hub, which we've been uh, mentioning each week. So, if you want to get involved with the fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, go to the website for 10% off put in the code SURGERY10. Uh, we're also partnered with FPL Doodles, so they're producing weekly doodles for us to share, promoting the podcast. He's on Twitter at FPL Doodles one also on YouTube. You can search from there on FPL Doodles. Some really great concepts and great sketches of us so far. Very, very impressed, Iceman. It is very impressive, yeah. It's, uh, do, he does the headlines now. We give him the headlines each week, so he, he will do each headline. So they're quite interesting to see. So go to our Twitter, at FPL Surgery, to view them. Catch, it catches us beautifully. Okay, so transfers and captains. We've had quite a few questions on this because we, we've got so much podcast. I'm going to go with the top one. So, Alan, thank you for yours. Is Abraham a viable captaincy option for game week seven? Together with Son, the only attacker with a home fixture and has proven successful so far. Great observation. Uh, are we too hung up on his price tag to consider what he is? Chelsea's main attacking outlet 
or is he still too unproven to be considered? I, I, I actually like that as a captaincy option. What do you think, TC? I like it too. He's got hat-trick evidence potential. He's got a nice fixture. He uh, you know, had a good chance in the last game. He's the favoured number nine for, for Chelsea. I think it's a, it's a bold move, but I think it has merit. Yeah, I totally agree as well. I've just seen as well that he is equal on shots on target with Aguero over the season. And he's a bit of a confidence player, isn't he, Abraham? And it just looks like he'll only get better the more he plays. And especially with Kante coming back, kind of securing that back, it, it allows Chelsea to maybe attack more. They've also got hudson Doy coming back in the next few weeks, so it might help him more as well. So playing for a top six team, amazing fixtures coming forward, yeah, I think it's a catch an option. Okay, and uh, so... I think we've answered that, Alan. I'm wondering who you chaps are going to be captaining yourselves this week. I mean, I think I'm probably just going to leave it on Aguero, if I'm honest, the way he's playing at the moment. What do you think, TC? If I had Aguero, he'd definitely be um, probably top of the list. I think at the moment I'm undecided between Sterling and, and Sadler. It's on Sterling at the moment. I think he's played 73 minutes tonight in the Cup, scored assisted. I think that's that's pretty pretty good in terms of suggesting a start in the next game away at Everton I'm not in love with that shout though um, Salah's got an away match against a defensively sound Sheffield United but they're still a promoted team um, so I think it's going to be one of those two for me but I can't yet can't say definitively I don't know if you guys can sway my opinion either way no not really I, I've got rid of Salah so he's not really an option for me um, it, it mines between Sterling and if I bring in Tammy Abraham up front I think I'll be captaining him but uh, the hmm, two of Ster- Sterling and Salah well, I think I would just probably go safe and go Salah with a consistency yeah fair enough yeah. but I can't see loads and loads of goals there at Sheffield but yeah he's, he's no. probably one maybe an assist as well what do you, what do you reckon Bully of the Sterling or Salah, if you had those two as your premiums, who would you be favouring this week? I've got, I've actually got them both, <laughs> and Aguero. But I think I'm going to stick with Aguero just because he looks on fire, and City don't like they're ever going to stop scoring. Uh, I, I think, I think Sterling is going to play and score well, but just because of the slight confusion over tonight, I'd be leaning towards Salah. Fair enough. And uh, and and your transfer TC. So I got two frees. Somehow I've ended up with Alex Iwobi in my fantasy team, which kind of suggests why I might be languishing in the millions, to be fair. So he clearly needs to leave uh, stat. But it's a difficult one for me because a like for like at that price point doesn't get me to mount, who's what I want to get in. So I'd need to find some money elsewhere if I wanted mount, which the most easy move to do is to move Lucas Dean. But we said we're kind of not totally sure if that's a good idea. So... Mm. Iwobi will definitely be leaving. If it's like for like, it will be someone like Yarmolenko potentially, or maybe even Cantwell, who I don't own yet, um, as a kind of downgrade. But my preference is to find the money from elsewhere to turn Iwobi into Mount, and that probably means taking some money out of my defence, as we alluded to earlier on the show. So that's where I'm at at the moment. So TC is trying to turn water into wine for this game week. <laughs> yeah. Iceman? Uh, mine was I don't know I was quite tempted I was quite tempted on removing Luca Dean to start with but I'm not doing that now uh, mm. and I think I think I'm just going to go Barnes to Abraham uh, I'm almost reluctant to do that because I do think that he's going to score against Villa yeah I'd be wary of but, that one Jim but going but forward Abraham's a great it's a great yeah. shout isesn't it it's hard to argue against including him yeah, yeah but he's, he's you'd be set up for a good few game weeks with him as well and he would be my captain yeah. option so I almost have to do it this week 
Yeah, yeah, I, I I like that move, Iceman. Yeah, I've already said my move's going to be Mason Mount back in for for Daniel James. My experiment with the Welshman didn't pay off, although he's now playing against Arsenal. And usually when this happens, I get punished. So look forward to Daniel James hat trick. Any owners out there this weekend? Right, before we leave you, let's get into our mini leagues. So first of all, the Surgery Patreon League. In third place, we have Jeremy Head. I shouldn't be here. You really should, Jeremy. You're doing very well. Uh, in second place, it's Collar of Time with Rich Davis. And first place, Sillers Bartlett, Gilmore's Giants, leading the way seven points clear. Some great performances there. Very strong weeks. And now for the uh, the Surgery Public League. So if you want to join, it's CCCJK2. Come and get involved. The top 10. I'm going to pre apologize to you all because I inevitably will pronounce something wrong to go through people's names. Daniel Lennon is in 10th. Halstein, uh, sorry, Stabo, sorry, yeah, tweet us about that. Uh, Peter Kelly is in eighth, Evan Guest seventh, Lydia Clements in sixth, Rhys Moffat is fifth, Dan Fenn in fourth, Paul Marshman is in third, Ian Ross is second, and in first place is Tony Horn with an impressive 432 points to date and a brilliant game week of 102. Well played, Tony. I am easier names to pronounce as well after ninth places. <laughs> Alstine, I apologise. Please send us a complaint to the uh, the options I will list at the end. Now, we need the guests' top three picks from this week and the top three differentials. So, TC, you've done a wonderful job of giving us options, but let's round it down to three top picks and three differentials. Right, so I think um, Son versus Southampton is still a great pick in spite of what I said about Spurs previously. And then the Chelsea boys, so Abraham and Mount, both against Brighton, I think are top point scorers for the upcoming week. My shouts. Do you want the differentials now, Pete, or do you want? Yeah, Jim? go on. Just give, give us the shouts. So differentials. I'm going to suggest that Barnes is a differential. I know his ownership's still high, but I think people are moving him out this week. Jim's alluding to it, you know, making sense for him. My match of the day viewing said he looked good and he's playing a Villa team that I think are going to give up chances to him. Madison, I thought I'd have to suggest him as well, um, based on what we said earlier. He does have a bit of a knock, actually. So I don't think he's, you know, he's not massively owned, is he? I don't know. He's, he's one that I, li- I like the look of. And uh, PVA, I think, against Norwich is uh, an under-the-radar shout. Yeah, it's a differential. Yeah, it's your, yeah. So you've got one differential there. <laughs> We're going to start an argument again here, aren't we? <laughs> He's just thrilled that I won the argument. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what Twitter says. See, let's put it to Twitter, the court of Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, Barnes isn't a differential. I just think people are moving away from him prematurely and wanted to make that point. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like the, uh, the differential thinking. Okay. So, the, <laughs> uh, so the feedback box this week. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, Fancy Football Experts, by far the best pod on FPL at the moment. Hashtag up the pod. Do give them a lesson before you make your transfers. Thank you very much, Fancy Football Experts. Doesn't get much uh, bigger a comment than that when the experts of Fancy Football <laughs> are saying they like our pod. So thank you. Iceman, do we have any sexual thoughts this week? Yep, bear with me two seconds and I will play it now. Sexy thoughts this week. Sexy thoughts. Goes out to meditation. Something I've been partaking in recently and something that I'm really enjoying and feeling the benefits of. It's good for my mindfulness, keeps me calm. Even when I'm tired, I'll do a bit of meditation and it seems to give me a pick-me-up. kind of seems funny to me in this world that we worry so much about the outside of things. What our house looks like, what our car looks like, what our hair looks like, what our bodies look like. 
but we don't seem to worry too much as a society about what's going on on the inside. It might seem a hard thing to get into meditation as well, but it's not. It's quite easy. Just download the Headspace app and it will get you into it in a great way. It's a slow start, easy start. So I definitely recommend everyone get into meditation. I like that bit of meditation on a Monday morning to stop you from panic. Monday, Saturday morning to stop you panicking over your captaincy. Yeah, something Stefan has actually been talking with me about and something that I want to do as well. I recommend you uh, consider looking into mindfulness in terms of clarity of thinking and uh, helping with anxious future-based thoughts. Well, I might not have had a miserable Saturday, maybe if I meditated and learned to control it. But uh, uh, do you know what? I I don't think if Aubameyang hadn't scored that goal, then... uh, (laughs) I think you'd be miserable no matter what yeah, you try to use. Uh, but no, great point by uh, by Sexy once again. Thank you, sir. Pete Gray, so other questions. Tom, how does it feel having the honour of being the mayor of FPL? Do you know what? This moniker, I don't know where, how it's stuck, but uh, it's Brand, Brandon and Josh from the Cheaters of coined it they've got a few mentions on here the cheaters (laughs) they have yeah um i I don't know i'll I'll stick to just being tc i think i'm happy with that yeah this is uh, if if you're finding this a load of tosh go and listen to the cheaters they really know what they're talking about they do yeah head over there mad hatter uh, (laughs) wonderful the shortest war ever fought was between britain and zanzibar on august the 27th 1896 (laughs) Zanzibar surrendered after 38 minutes, and they still lasted 37 minutes longer than Watford. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Very good. uh, Norwich are definitely not on uh, Watford's Christmas card list this year, that's for sure. And uh, Manhattan's final uh, thought was Alderweireld. That was actually that was actually Tom's to me to oh, was tell it? me how to say Aldevira. Yeah, I broke it out, out into in, into its component parts to help that Jim out. The, yeah, that is the source of point I'd expect Mad Hatter to pick up on. But good on you, Tom. Thanks for helping us with that. You're welcome. You can help me with Sabios uh, in the Arsenal midfield. Then I'll be oh, oh, or any of the people it. in the top ten in the in the surgery mini league, right? Just <laughs> generally, yeah. yeah. Let's have some lessons on that. Tough but, gig. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So You're well. In terms of the usual endings to the surgery, getting in contact as usual, you can support us, patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. You can join our mini league, CCCJK2. Find us at fplsurgery.com. We're on all the social medias of Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, at Twitter, at FPL surgery. That's where you'll get most of our chatter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, give us a rating for the podcast and any comments or feedback. It really helps boosting our awareness on there. And uh, you can... Inf- in- uh, coming to the end of the podcast, I can no longer speak. Info at fplsurgery.com for anything more formal you wish to send us up the pod. Thank you to TC, Mr. Tom Campbell, for coming on and joining us once more. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on and hopefully talk to you guys later on in the season. Well, if, if anybody else wanted to speak to the mayor of FPL, where would they find you? Come and come and chat um, at UtterlyTC on Twitter and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And TC does a wonderful feature. For those of you that enjoy the nostalgia of Match of the Day but can't be asked to watch it anymore, the Sky Sports <laughs> app now does three-minute clips which basically summarises everything you need to know um, without sitting there listening to Shearer. Uh, TC does a great job with that. Do you want to say a little bit more about that quickly? Yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, sort of a bridge notes from the show that I'd I'd give on four uh, screen grabs from the iPhone uh, notes app, and people seem to really like it as a kind of 
succinct, concise way of summarizing the uh, the highlights. So I've been doing it for a few seasons and uh, yeah, people seem to find it useful. So every time I watch it, which is pretty much all the time or most weeks, I'll, um, I'll always put them out there on Sunday mornings. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure how much longer Match of the Day has got. So let's enjoy the legacy whilst it lasts. And uh, TC is helping us to do that. But no, thanks again, TC. Brilliant to have you on board. We'll have you back You're welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks. Very uh, in the not so distant future. No worries. Um, Iceman, it's come to the end of another another podcast. Uh, a week we've seen Man City smash another Premier League team 8-0. You know, your Aubameyang captaincies come in. It's it's a difficult dark world out there and it, the uh, the light is starting to leave us. So, as we head into the into this next game week, what hope can you offer our listeners? I've got no hope to give. <laughs> that is the exact mood he was in before Aubameyang scored. And on that note... Good luck in your game weeks. Up the podcast. Up the pod. Okay. Good, good chat, gents. That thoroughly enjoyable, even fellas, with as me always. Being disgustingly uh, late. We've had a good two hours there, but I very much enjoyed it, and I learned yeah, something. Yeah, it was good. Really good chat. Right now, we pause for uh, no longer Mad Hatter's bad chatter, but Alexa's afterthoughts. Alexa, what's your thoughts this week? You piece of plastic crap. Easy now, Mad Hatter. You want me to tell your little friends about the Hoover nozzle incident? Yeah, let's not do that. As you were. Right then. So, I actually captained KDB this week. Unlike all the other unmerited and jammy Belens who got in by default, <laughs> such as yourself, Mad Hatter, they absolutely tore the Hornets a new Watford gap, which I imagine pleased you immensely, Darren. How did Luton get on, by the way? Did they win? Draw? Of course not. Ha ha ha. Useless. <laughs> Alexa, you're dead to me. Oh, go blow it out your balloon nod. You insignificant salad dodging, Dyson botherer. <laughs> you cheeky <laughs> Classic <laughs> Wow, that is the best Amazing. podcast, hands down. <laughs> Every week. That's a, a discussion. Uh, the genius that is Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs>